like anything you do, you're never going to start something the first time and get it right, no matter what it is. So um, it's just educate yourself as much as possible and and then go, you know, and then figure it out. Hello, you are listening to the Late Bloomer Living podcast, where we are reimagining and redefining what it means to be in midlife, where we are gathering energy, momentum, and excitement for our next chapter via candid conversations with other midlifers about their own pivots, pitfalls, and triumphs. I'm Yvonne Marchese, your host, and I'm so happy you're here. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the last show of 2021. I'm going to take a week off the podcast, so there won't be an episode the week between Christmas and New Year's. Uh, You can always go back and listen to old episodes if you're feeling a Jones for it. Um, But I will be back on January 5th with the first show for 2022. Where do the years go? Really? Speaking of the years flying by, my guest this week is a dear friend who I've known for almost 20 years. Lynn McNutt is an actor, singer, mover, creator, writer, teacher, wanderer, and wayfarer. (laughs) She has over 25 years of experience as a professional actress working on national tours and a bevy of off-Broadway and regional theaters. I thought our conversation would be a fun one to wrap up the year in a bow because she's fun. You see, I got excited to have Lynn on the show last year because she did something that I think is extraordinary. Last year, during the month of December, Lynn set out for a solo backpacking expedition on the Florida Trail. It turns out that her trip was actually a continuation of a section hike that she started on that same trail many years before. That first trip was inspired by the grief of losing her dear cousin and her father in quick succession after she'd taken years away from her career to act as caregiver to her father, her mother, and cousin. It is it is a fun conversation, I promise. I know. Grief. Ugh. You know, but but hey, it, it's fun. Just stick with me. I can't wait for you to meet her. So, okay, without further ado, here's Lynn McNutt. Let's go. Lynny, thank you for being here with me today. You're welcome. I'm so excited. It's a long time coming, I will say, because I have wanted you to be on my podcast for a very, very long time. Oh, well, I've so I've wanted to do it. I love listening to them. Um, They're my favorite, like long road trip thing, because for some reason I can't do like I'm going to work in the morning. So I'm going to listen to a podcast. I'm more of like a binge. You know, Mm. we got the binge TV shows. I'm like a binge podcast person. You know, if I'm (laughs) in the road for five hours, I'll like listen to like five hours of podcasts and get all very inspired. And then by the time I get out of the car, I'm like, why am I on this trip? I need to do something else with my life. All these podcasts told me so because I've had like five hours of it. Um, Oh my God. That's hilarious. Um, So, so Miss Lynn, I always like to say how I met people and I mean, we've known each other a long time now. We met in 2003. 
um, when Spencer was a wee baby. I babysat him. Yeah. And uh, Mm -hmm. John had just gone and you had just um, gone back to get your MFAs at the Mm -hmm. Academy of Classical Acting. part of the Shakespeare Theater, GW, um, George Washington University. And just for folks listening, it was like this intense one year um, MFA program that. And so when John and I moved down there, we got this tiny little very cute apartment that was a it was so it was so cute and it was like the one bedroom and that was the baby's room and then john and i we brought we left most of our our furniture in connecticut had the bed in the living room the big queen-size bed in the little living room with the fireplace out on when we came to visit right and and then my desk because i was working part-time and that was it. That was the furniture. Right. And then we had, so, and then I remember John calling me that first night and saying, um, everybody wanted to go out for drinks. And I told him I kind of need to come home and see my wife and kid. And well, they're all coming over. I hope that's okay. <laughs> it's like, all right. And so yeah, but man, once Spencer fell asleep though. Yeah. It was our Friday was night down. tradition. Yeah, oh, yeah man. We, could, we could just party around him. And, and, and we did. And we did <laughs> get the guitars out and the kumbaya going. And, the, <laughs> and you guys were learning how to play guitar. But at the time, I think you only knew really well, like country roads or something. <laughs> something, something country. I don't know. And why. we could all harmonize to it because it's easy to harmonize to. So we would like <laughs> jam out on John Denver's country roads. Hilarious. I mean, how many, there was what, like 12 to 15 of us like jammed into that little apartment. Yeah. I mean, man. And so, so that was, that was the beginning of a long, beautiful friendship. Yes. I will never forget our Easter's. Yeah. And, um, and uh, speaking of Easter, you guys ate a lot of eggs. Cause you had three mouths, you know, I was just me, but you had like a whole family and eggs are cheap, you know? And so you'd invite me over for dinner and you'd be like, we're having omelets <laughs> again. <laughs> oh my gosh. That was a fun time. And, and so you were like 35 when you did that, right? Where you're mm-hmm. just kind of going. Yeah. Over all we, yeah. 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 I was 35 when I, when we like graduated and it was a year program, but it was almost like a year and a half because technically we had that extra semester to do our thesis, like our paper that we had to, to do for it. But like we were in classes and or rehearsals and performances for like 12 months. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it was intense because we would start, cause it wasn't, um, you know, I teach in a, an MFA graduate acting program now, and it's very different. Um, the program that John and I were in was not geared towards teaching at all. It was geared towards just training and getting, yeah. And getting yeah. back out there. Yeah. And we would go, we would start at like eight 30 and we would end at like seven. Yeah, it was, it was intense. And I loved every second of it. Yeah. So that program, besides being designed 
for, for sending you, you know, getting you ready for performance and, and sending you back out into the world. It was really designed for mid-career pro- professionals to come back mm-hmm. and do that to, so that, cause usually an MFA is what, two to three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They used to be three years now, more and more you're seeing them as, as two. As two. And so this was mm-hmm. like one year with that, that extra time, but, and then to, so, so you could stop your career for a year and then hit the boards again. Right. Um, so after we finished, since this is, you know, about midlife reinvention, I'm going to jump forward a wee bit. Uh-huh. Um, I'm torn between asking you two different things. So last year, one of the things that got me really excited to talk to you was that last Christmassy, right? You did how long on the Florida trail by yourself? You hiked for how long by yourself? Uh, it was just a little over three weeks. Um, which, you know, it's so funny. And I feel like that's not that big of a deal. I mean, it, it, so here's the thing, you know, if you're in the hiking world, the backpacking world, doing three weeks is nothing, you know? Uh, but I, um, I started the Florida trail right after my father died and I did three months actually. Well, three months, usually, you know, if you're a a major, major hiker, you can finish the trail in three months. I actually had to take two weeks out of that because in the middle of it, when I got, uh, before I'd left, I had sent out all these resumes and things for teaching positions because I was still taking care of my mother and I still needed to stay in like a half day drive from her. So I had sent out all of these applications and then you do the hike in, in the fall and then you do the hike like in the winter months in Florida cause that's when it's drier, cooler, less bugs. And I was like, I don't know about a month and a half into my hike. And I got this call saying that, you know um, we wanna have a phone interview with you. And, and I was like, you know, wonderful, you know, let's, you know, set that up. And, but here I am, I'm literally like on a trail in the middle of like the Everglades. And I'm like, I got to find cell phone service, you know, like I'm on this, I'm going to be on a professional, you know, call and I need to make sure that I'm not standing in the middle of the swamp on the call. (laughs) So I pulled off into the great metropolis of, um, what is, oh, Okeechobee. So it's the little town that is like, if you could put a, a, a North Point on Lake Okeechobee, which boys and girls is the largest inland freshwater lake. Uh, and it's in Florida. Yeah. Um, but I stopped off there and it's a very rustic, you know, town. And they have this hotel called the Flamingo Hotel and the flamingo is like barely pink anymore because it's so old and faded and and whatever. But I got in there and I, you know, did a, you know, I was backpacking. So I just immediately got in the shower and I got all my clothes off and I put everything in the sink with a like three bottles of little miniature shampoos. And I was doing a whole bunch of sink laundry. And then I had my tent, like my tent, my my 
um, rain tarp, you know, like everything was like all spread out in the hotel room to like air out and dry. And, you know, I was kind of doing like a refresh kind of thing. But meanwhile, I had this like call and my clothes that I had washed, you know, were not dry. And so I was completely naked and I'm sitting in bed with the sheet wrapped around me. Why I had the sheet wrapped around me for modesty. I don't know. Cause this was before zoom. <laughs> and I'm sitting there completely naked, but clean doing this, uh, interview for this <laughs> to be a professor at this university. And then one of the, one of the questions and, you know, and if you're, um, if you're auditioning for a, I mean, yeah, auditioning, interviewing for like, um, a national search, you know, tenure track job, there's a list of questions they have to ask everybody. So it's standard, right? So everybody gets asked the exact same question. Mm -hmm. One of the questions they asked me was, why do you want to leave where you are to come here? And I was like, do you know where I am? <laughs> like I'm naked Mingo hotel, in Okeechobee, Florida. <laughs> oh my God. I didn't tell them the naked part, but I did tell them that I was hiking and I was, and then they thought that was funny. You know, um, it took me several years before I actually told them that I was naked on, which they've never let me live down, but, um, yeah. So, yeah. So I, that was the first. So anyway, so like I said, it took so three I'm months. Gonna, I'm going to yeah. back up. So, right. so, okay. So your dad passed away. What year, how old were you when your dad passed away? Um, I was like 40. Oh my goodness. Early forties. Right. Cause it's been a early forties. Yeah. yeah. Had you been doing a lot of backpacking before this trip? No. And then did you go by yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is where you know, I just have yeah. to say it's kind of a big deal then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say. Awesome. I, kind of a big deal. Like, because people are like, I did the whole thing. And what, you know, so I'm doing what they call section hiking. Uh -huh. You'll hike like, you know, for a month and then you'll come back and you'll hike for two weeks and you'll finish a trail, but you do it in sections um, just because it's it's difficult for for people that have job jobs to take a year off to just hike. You know, um, right. I mean, there are people that that do it and you know, God love them. I mean, that's awesome. Um, I just was not in a position to do, to do that, you know, um, what inspired you? Like what, so you, you weren't a big backpacker at the time. What, what, what was the drive to, to go out by yourself and do this? Well, I don't know. You know, there's, there's all sorts of reasons why people like to backpack and there's a lot more solo backpackers than there are couples and groups. Really? You might meet up with people on the trail and be like, hey, you know, let's hike this next five miles together or let's hike the next three days together, you know, mm -hmm. but there's something about the solitude that is really valuable. <sighs> yeah, I just, you know, I had gone through. So, you know, my niece had died 
And my niece and I were very close. I mean, we were only like 10 years apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like a sister we were, to you, basically. Yeah, right? she was my baby sister. And she had passed yeah. away at a really young age from brain cancer. And I went through that whole caregiving process with her because I lived with she and her husband and, and their daughter, who at the time was only like 18 months old when she was first diagnosed with with the brain cancer. It was a glioblastoma Um, and she was 27, you know, and so I helped, you know, take care of her and, you know, raise her daughter. And then, you know, my dad had, um, oh, he was so pissed. He was the fittest man. I mean, just so fit, 80 years old, mowing his own yard, chopping his own wood, you know, and then he got, I'm not exactly sure the name, but I call it leukemia light like where he stopped making his own blood kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he slowly kind of went downhill. And so, you know, I was there um, for him. And then my mom and I had just hit a point and I, and at one point, because I had taught, I'd come down to Florida um, after, well, like about three years after grad school, because everything just started hitting the fan, you know, it was my mom, then it was my niece, and then it was my dad, then it was my mom again, then it was my niece, and then it was, you know, so it was just sort of back and forth. And um, and I'm very fortunate that I have had family that I loved dearly and wanted to take care of them. You know what I mean? Like, yes, it was a burden. Yes, it was a huge toll on my life. Like I'm still not actually recovered in a way from the the trauma of caregiving, which is intense. You just taking care of one person, but I had, you know, I was juggling three at one time. And um, and it it took its toll. But then at the other hand, you know, I think. God, you know, how blessed and lucky am I that I have family that I actually, I want to be there with, like, I want to be there with them and take care of them because they were amazing. But that said, you know, it just took its toll. And I, I need, you know, I've since read up about this, but I just needed to walk. I just needed to put one foot in front of the other. Mm -hmm. And one of the things when you're backpacking is yes, your mind can will stray and can daydream and stuff like that. But it's so immediate that there is nothing else to think about. Like when you're caregiving, you are multitasking on a phenomenal level. And to go backpacking, the only thing you're doing is putting one foot in front of the other. And it's like a walking meditation, basically. Um, I had also, you know, everybody says, well, did you do it to lose weight? And I'm like, no, I didn't. That was a wonderful side effect, but I just needed to walk and breathe. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be by myself, you know, I mean, the only time when you're backpacking, the only time you really miss people is at the very end of the day, you know, when you're like, what did you see? I don't know. What did you see? What did you see? Um, to share kind of the day and like what you saw, but like during the day, I mean, you just want to just be by yourself, you know, and just breathe and and be able to take your time or go fast, like depending on where you are kind of at that moment. And um, 
So, yeah, but the, the trouble was, is that my mother was still in a nursing home at the time. And I knew because I was unemployed during this like brief stretch of time, I knew that that was kind of a gift. I was like, this is not going to come around again. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's given me this chunk of time, but I still have my mother, you know, in a nursing home. And I would go see my mother like, you know, four, five times a week, you know, just even if it was just for 20 minutes, I would go see her, you know. And, um, but she was on an upswing, which is good. Her health had gotten actually better from going into the nursing home because she was resting. You know, she wasn't taking care of my dad anymore. She was Mm. actually resting and getting some strength back. Um, So the Florida Times Union, which is the major paper in Jacksonville, Florida, um, they had started a new section, the outdoor section. So I had reached out to them and said, hey, I'm going to go do this thing, you know, and um, I'd love to write about it. And they were like, great. I mean, I guess they were just so hungry, you know, because it was basically somebody that's like for free going, I'm going to send you all this stuff that you don't have to pay anybody to publish. Um, So once a week, I sent them pictures and I sent them um, like a like a journal entry in a way, but I sent That's them an amazing. article, right? I a didn't journal. know this, Lynn. Wow. How you cool. didn't? I thought you did. No. Well, anyway, so, but one of the reasons why I did that is because my mother, I mean, I love to write, you know? So yes, I mean, I would have written anyway, but the impetus to put it in the paper is because, you know, my mother an, was an old person and gets a paper paper. Uh-huh. Um, and instead of getting her news, you know, online, and this was like every week she Aww. got the pay and got the article with the Aww. pictures. And I was always, you know, of this section of the outdoor section, I was always the front page. Right. And, um, so awesome. yeah. And they had a little map of Florida where they would like track me. Um, and so she, yeah, so she could follow me and then she could have bragging rights. You know, she could, you know, my daughter, you know, gave, it was a conversation thing. Yeah. Um, for her, and so since that's you weren't I, there to visit with her, this was like your touchstone. That's amazing. And I would mention her a lot of times in the article, you know what I mean? Like I'd sort of mention, well, my mother would kill me if I, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, it was a journey. I mean, that's, a, that's a whole other podcast that, that hike, but, um, you how know. did you, how did you prepare? So, so what was the seed of the idea? Well, I guess the seed of the idea, if I'm going to just be perfectly honest, was kind of like, you know, get busy living or get busy dying. I mean, I had hit a really, really low um, place. I mean, you know, and everybody says when you're caregiving and stuff, you have to take care of yourself. And And I understand that. And it's totally meant in the best, you know, of intentions. But when you're in the thick of it and it's just you, there is nobody else. There's no first cousins. There's no siblings. There's no, you know, I mean, and my parents church, which has always been a a big support, you know, in that church family that they'd been part of for a long time, but it was a much older church that was in a way kind of fading out. So all of its members were in the same shape as my parents. Mm -hmm. So they couldn't really, 
you know, help very much other than, you know, they'd send her cards and, you know, things like that. But for them to go visit my mother, I'd have to go pick them up. You know, you hit that point of I'm either going to die, like not because I'm going to kill myself, um, but just from exhaustion and heartbreak in a way. Um, or I'm going to have a massive nervous breakdown, which nobody's going to be able to come and like take care of me because I'm it, you know? So it was, um, it was my therapy, you know, it was my way of meditating and therapy and getting back to myself, getting back to priorities and, and being uber present with other things, you know, like for so long, you, you're just paying attention to like, you know, just the tree and not the forest. And so this gives you a chance to really like, look at the scope of things and look at the forest and be enriched by, I mean, nature does it to everybody. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, you've got to be the biggest cynic in the world to say that nature isn't healing. And even if a cynic said that, I would call them a liar. They just (laughs) wouldn't want to admit it, you know? So it's so healing, you know? And so it was, uh, how did you prep for it? Like, what did, what were the first few weeks? Like when you find yourself out there alone and, and, you know, it's gotta be a physical challenge to have that big, heavy pack on. I mean, it was serious trial by fire because I mean, I trained some, I mean, luckily, you know, people like, Oh, well, Florida's flat. So it's easy. And it's like, yeah, but you know, the first five days are in the Everglades. Like you're literally up to your knees or the deepest it ever got was like mid thigh. Um, but you're like up to your knees, like slogging through the Everglades. Oh my gosh. Um, which is really hard. Like if you go a mile in an hour, you're making really good time. Wow. Um, oh, and I sprained my ankle like the very first day. That was, oh my God, oh my God. it was horrible. And you kept going? <laughs> okay, yeah, you I would know, have been it, like, okay, oh, done, no. I'm out. Well, I still like, I'm looking at like my ankle still today has got like bl- um, broken blood vessels like all around it because I never... It was one of those things that it was, I had to do it. It wasn't a, oh, I really want to do this. It was, I had to do it. And I knew if I turned around and went back, I wouldn't have done it. Mm. It would have been over because everybody would have looked at my ankle and had gone, you're done, you know? Um, But, you know, the universe provides, I mean, like literally walking, maybe I was just, you know, my foot went into a sinkhole. It kind of turned over. I heard a snap, which Mm. wasn't, which made me queasy. So I literally just, and also here's the thing. There's like no place to sit. So I just sat in the mud. I sat on some like grass on the mud and started trying to think and and started to breathe because I was like, I don't want to pass out. I don't want to pass out, you know, and then coming up, all of a sudden I felt like this dog and it was this giant pit bull named Duke, (laughs) who is probably the sweetest dog I have ever encountered. And this dog just kept licking me 
like, like to heal me. Right. Just kept Uh licking me and licking me. And then pretty soon Duke's owners came up and they're like, Oh my gosh, we were so sorry. We didn't know anybody was in front of us. If we had, we wouldn't have let him off the leash for a second. And, um, well the, uh, female half of this, um, couple, um, was a physical therapist and she just happened to have like all this. I mean, I had duct tape, but she also had like some of that stretchy tape stuff. Mm-hmm. So she stretchy taped my ankle and then duct taped it wow. like in the, like basically made like a duct tape like a cast. cast. Yeah. yeah. You can do and anything just, with duct tape. <laughs> yeah, you can. Like, there's and an so, ad for <laughs> I know. And so I just limped my weight. And I think too, my foot was always in the water which was a really gross thing when the tape came off, but because my foot was always in the water. It stayed a little cooler. Uh So it helped keep, you know, between the tape and the cool water, it helped keep the swelling down. And then at night I would elevate. And I think I probably ate maybe 20 ibuprofen a day. Um, Wow. But then, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think it's just, you know, when you hit those points in your life where you have to do something, you'll just do it. Yeah. No matter what that obstacle. It really is. truth, truth right there, right there. You, you, you know, I, yeah. I worry about like that, these things like, you know, being a caregiver, um, you know, my mom is doing it by herself right now with my dad, which I just give her huge kudos for, but really that's what it comes down to, isn't it? You do what you have to. Yeah. 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 Um, so you, you went and you got your, you, you saved I mean, yourself. I, yeah. But you were, you know, asking about like prepping and stuff. I, I had my boots that I was going to wear and I would just sort of walk and I would kind of like walk like five miles a day in these boots just to kind of break them in. And they're also were heavier. And so, you know, um, I should have done more training and I also, my pack was too heavy, but these are things that like backpackers are like, yeah, you figure it out. You just figure it out as, as you go, like, you're never gonna, you're never going to start like anything you do. You're never going to start something the first time and get it right, no matter what it is. So um, it's just educate yourself as much as possible and, and then go, you know, and then figure it out. I mean, I was, you know, when I finally got into like some kind of civilization, I lived at like Billy Swamp Safari in the Everglades for like five days to let my ankle rest. And I'm giving things away. Anybody want my deodorant? Anybody want that? Like all of a sudden, you you know, and I mailed a little box home to myself. I was like, I don't need some of this stuff, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so I dropped like 10 pounds, like out of my pack, like wow. just coming out of the Everglades, you know? Um, and now I feel like I'm, at least for Florida and maybe some of the Appalachian trail, I feel like I kind of know what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still learning, Uh but yeah, you just kind of figure it out. You know? Wow. 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 So going back to your naked job interview. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So you take a little time off to go, get yourself cleaned up and get on a call, a proper call and, and sit in your sheet and, and yeah. you get the job. 
And well, what I had to do is that like the next day they emailed me to say, um, we want to bring you on campus. So then you have to do like the on-campus visit, which lasts about three days. Um, you do like 5 million interviews with like the chair, the faculty, the students, the dean for like three days. And then you also teach classes, which, which all the faculty watch. How, how much teaching had you done before you went and did this? So when I was 39, some issues started happening with my parents. So I, and I had an MFA at the time. So I sent out some resumes to local schools in Jacksonville to say, hey, you know, uh, need somebody to come into a Shakespeare workshop or a musical theater workshop or a stage combat workshop or whatever. And um, Flagler College in St. Augustine and Jacksonville University, which awesome because it was, I mean, I could walk to it in 15 minutes. It was a mile from my parents' house. Um were interested in me doing workshops, but they also wanted to know if I would come teach adjunct. And I didn't even know what that was, honestly, at the time. I just thought professors were professors. I didn't know there were like grad student teachers and adjunct teachers and lecturers mm-hmm. and whatever, you know. And um, so I was like, well, sure, because I saw that as a great opportunity to kind of get the lay of the land. And I still had my apartment in D.C., and mm-hmm. I was still working as an actor, sort of like commuting between D.C. and New York. And I subletted it out for a semester and went home and kind of got some things put into place. And I felt like very proactive and seeing kind of re- what the reality of my parents' situation was. But then that's when my um, niece got sick. And mm-hmm. so I stayed, did more adjunct for the rest of the year And then I got a full-time assistant professor gig at the University of Miami. Um, It was a little farther away than I wanted to be, but I could still get home in half a day. Mm -hmm. Um, So I taught at University of Miami because basically my goal was I need to, I I have to make some money. Um, Right. Because I remember like when we were in grad school, we were, we were all like, squeaking by right squeaking, and, yeah and and you and you you squeaked by for a really long time right yeah 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 so here you are and you're in your 40s and yeah now it's time to start uh, how, yeah. how, how does one make money yeah when you're not auditioning like i don't understand this world right um, but then i was down at university of miami for three years on a visiting guest artist like contract, but, you know, I was still care, you know, the weekend, you know, it was a six hour drive, five hours to St. Augustine, six hours to Jacksonville. And I would drive up almost every weekend and, you know, be there with my family. And then after that, oh, and this is when I was up at Connecticut rep doing some stuff where I came and hung out with you guys Mm -hmm. for several summers. And then I ended up at Auburn in Alabama um, for a year. And then after that, that's when my dad passed away. So you had a few years of progressive yeah. progressing through and, and yeah. starting starting from doing adjunct to assistant and, and having mm-hmm. like full-time teaching. So by the time you come to this tenure track opportunity, you, you you're pretty seasoned by then. Yeah. I mean, I would you there's I'm still learning. I mean, you can't right. teach and not keep, you know, learning, which is 
a, a, the fun part to me, actually. So, yeah, so the intention was to go home, help out my family, and then move back to either D.C. or New York and pick up because, you know, I've always been a character actress. And um, now that I was in my, you know, late 30s, early 40s, I finally had grown into my type. You know, I could Mm -hmm. finally start, you know, legitimately in some serious theaters, you know, play my type. And, um, and I had started establishing a relationship in DC with several theaters and, and was enjoying working there. And then, um, but my family just kept, you know, lingering, um, (laughs) you know, I mean, you don't want them to die, but at the same time, it's not helpful to anybody. Like they were suffering and staying too long at the party. And then I'm suffering taking care of them and then you're feeling guilty you're probably beating yourself up for even thinking about it right oh my god that's the biggest like unsaid truth of every caregiver out there is that you have those moments where you just go please dear god let them die yeah you know because you're exhausted but also you love them so much and you don't want to see them suffering you know So you kind of go through that and then, you know, you feel guilty for it. But, you know, at the same time, you're like, ah, the fact that I'm still alive right now, I need to get like bonus points. Um, But anyway, so I didn't go back to um, D.C. or anything because of the lingering. Um, And by that time, I had bought a car. And then I got the job, you know, after the hike and everything, I got the job at FAU and my mother died after my very first year of teaching at FAU. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I was like, I'm in a condo, like a nice one with a pool. And here's the biggest thing, a washer and a dryer. I was like, what is this new invention that they have now in this <laughs> non-New York actor world, a washer and a dryer and a car. I mean, you know, so you get seduced by, you know, you get Comfort. soft, Yvonne, you just you, get soft. It's, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. I totally get you. Yes. Yeah. You just get soft. Um, but at the same time, you're like, do I want to do eight shows a week? Right. I don't think I do. Right. So um, yeah. And I, and I'm, there are days when I wake up and go, how did I get, what am I, you know what I mean? Like, how did this happen? Like I, you know, you sort of are like, I'm just going to do this for a a hot minute to take care of my family. And then all of a sudden you blame, I've bought a house, (laughs) just bought a a new car like last year. Amazing. I'm, you know, it just makes me so happy for you. I know where you came from and what you've been through and you know what? You deserve to go soft a little bit. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. And I still go back up to New York to visit and all that. But I just, I, I'm loving, like right now I'm talking, I'm looking out and I'm seeing trees and palm trees and 
blue sky and it's just um and your place is so darn cute and beautiful and it's, it's just so... it's healing again you know it's yeah. kind of going back to the healing thing but um yeah and so then after your dad died that was the big part of your trip and then was the next time last last year when you went out for a few weeks no it's not the last time because i still have i did like a little over half of the trail the first time I went out uh-huh. when I sprained my ankle. And then this past time I did like three weeks. I need like another month. I need like four more weeks of hiking okay. and then I'll be done with the Florida trail. Gotcha. So you're, um, you have more to do more. Yeah. And so do. I want to, you know, part of me thought about, well, you know, let's just crank it out this December. Um, but because last year, you know, and it worked out great. I mean, I took advantage of COVID, you know, people weren't going to come visit for the holidays and stuff like that. And so, mm-hmm. but then I missed it, you know, so like this year, I, um, you know, I really missed having people to my house over the holidays. I missed putting up, you know, my Christmas tree, you know, I go get like a real one and I've got all these ornaments that are in a, in an odd way, putting up the tree is, totally connecting with my family because these ornaments are like four generations of, Mm. you know, ornaments that go on the tree. And, and, you know, I just remember with every single ornament every year, my mother and I would have to talk about, you know, where that ornament came from and how old it was and and, um, so, yeah, it's just sort of like a way of kind of connecting with family again. And so I just was like, Oh, I'm, I know I'm going to, finish the Florida trail. I just, this, this holiday season, I'm just going to stay home. Yeah. That sounds and, like and now you've got, you've got, you know, Waylon and Willie now too. The boys. Yeah. So these are kitty cats I'm talking about, by the way. So were, did you already have them when? Yeah, you were- they're two now. Um, who, who'd they stay with or who stayed with them while you were out? Uh, I, a colleague of mine who's become a friend, she and her husband live, I don't know, 15, 10, 15 minutes away. Oh, wait a minute. I think we met him, um, on the last call we were on or something. Didn't we, didn't, didn't he come by and we saw him, we were on a zoom call together and he popped by. Is that the guy? Oh yeah. No, that was my friend. I've got two friends named John. Oh, okay. That was John one, um, (laughs) John two and his wife, Dawn, uh, live, um, not far from me. And so they sort of camped out at my house while I was gone. And now, wait a minute. I think you have three friends named John. Oh, that, yeah. Oh, and, and I'm just going to say, don't tell them that that, that John, you better not, he better not be John number three. Oh, that is not going to go over well. He, no, he's John number one. I'm gonna have to John Flaherty is John number one for the record. And uh, yeah, the other Johns are just peons. Peons, I tell you. Oh my goodness. Lenny, it's amazing that, yeah, that your caregiver story just, uh, wow. Well, so many people, I mean, we all do it. You know, like I said, they were amazing. Um, I was honored to take care of amazing people. You know, I mean, we all know like people older than us usually are going to go first and then we take care of them. And that's just sort of the cycle of things. So, 
Yeah, it was not that I went through anything different. It was just earlier and compressed, I guess you would say. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The good thing about it is that's what sparked the show that I'm working on. So. So talk um, more about that. I'm so excited. Well, I finally came up with a name for it. I've just been calling it blue, but I feel like I'm going to call it blubber, a wrap in blue. And I play three characters. I pay, play a uh, baby blue whale and an old man and a middle-aged woman. And their, their stories are separate, but there's, they're intertwined at the same time. There's intertwining themes and it's funny too. I mean, there's a lot of humor in it, but it deals with communication, um, grief, a little bit of caregiving, but it's mainly about communication. And it kind of started several years ago. I was up in Toronto doing a, a movement workshop and I took a break on a Saturday and they had an exhibit at, Um, the Royal Ontario Museum, and it was this blue whale. Blue whales are the largest creatures on the planet. And they're hard to study because blue whales don't float. So if a blue whale dies, it sinks, Mm -hmm. Um, which is one of the reasons why they are, uh, they were close to extinction because the, you know, they go out and do the whale, you know, hunts, And they'd harpoon a blue whale, but then it would sink. But anyway, so one had washed ashore and it was this great opportunity for scientists to study this blue whale. So they had, you know, like her skeleton up in this exhibit with these blue lights and all these, you know, you could put on the, the earphones to listen to the blue whale call. It had a very um, like slowed down. It sounded very much like heartbeat. Wow. And I just, I don't know. And I just was sort of standing there. And all of a sudden this just sort of like wash came over me, like this flood of emotion. And we know now like the origins of the universe, you know, we have a recording of that. We can hear the, all, and it sounds like, um, like, you know, the, if you're meditating, um, um, and then this pulse. And I was like, oh my gosh, this, you know, and it's not, it's not a new idea and it's not a new thought. It's just sort of, it's my take on this idea of how we're all connected by this heartbeat, this pulse. Yeah. And I started thinking, you know, with blue whales, with their, their song, right. Their pulse that they use to communicate and, and heartbeat, I heartbeat almost like um, prayer in a way, like your, you know, your heart beats and, and, but whale song is focused, right? So they're focused on communicating. So if your heart is beating and you're focused on communicating, you know, maybe you can communicate with your family who are in other seas, you know? Um, Mm. so I don't know. So it's just sort of like, I know I just got all like, you know, very groovy there and deep (laughs) and everything. But, but that's kind of the idea, you know? So, yeah, but uh, I'm excited. I am so excited. So you've got a workshop production coming up of that, don't you? Yeah. So October of 22 at Theater Lab in Boca Raton, Florida, 
we're going to be doing a production workshop. So I just want to say I have a, a special appearance. If you, oh, where'd he go? John. Was oh, it John number one? John, John. <laughs> John number one. Where'd he go? I think he, I think he ran away because he realized I was recording, but I don't think he knows it's Oh you. no. Well, you know, it's so funny because your thing is called, your thing, your podcast is called Late Bloomer Living. And I sort of feel like a little bit of a fraud because I don't feel like I've bloomed yet. Oh, you have. No, but you know what I mean? Like, right. In terms but for, of- from somebody, let's say I'm, let's say I'm somebody, you know, somebody who appreciates beauty. I have watched you bloom in different ways over and over through the years since we've known each other. And no, you're not done yet. So you don't feel maybe like you may may not feel like you've arrived, but. Yeah, it's weird because I feel like as a young adult, I bloomed. I had this like career and then I stagnated in a way, even though I grew in terms of, you know, um, wisdom, um, waist size, you know, all of those things grew. Um, but I sort of feel like I stagnated in a way during the caregiving phase. And then I'm in an academic phase right now teaching. I sort of feel like I'm, I'm in a bud form, I guess you would say like the whole, the writing and creating my own material now is something that I feel like that's going to be my bloom. Like that's my next chapter. Yes. And that's actually one of the reasons I'm so excited to be talking to you. First of all, the, the, the hiking you're under totally underplaying that I'm just going to say, but that is (laughs) a big deal. And it's funny, we all do this. We all do this. Our our thing can't be special because we did it. And how could that be special? Because I, right? And, 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 but there's also the writing. There's the writing. And you were talking about writing things way back when we were, when you guys were in grad school. Um, yeah. Back then, it was. I think there was a you know a pirate idea. You oh had my gone, gosh, I was right? doing like a pirate show. I, I don't know what it was, but it was going to be amazing. <laughs> um, but I I just always like to write. You know, I sort of I love to write humor, like humorous sort of essays and stuff like that. But then I just love I'm. I enjoy it, um, and I'd like to do more with it. It's probably not going to make me any money, but that's not why you do things. I mean, you need to, you know, be self-sustainable, but I think that's, that's my next journey. Academia um, has been good to me. It's starting to lose a little bit of joy just because of how hard it's becoming um, demands on teachers, less money, using a business model, you know, trying to crank kids out of school in just four years, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm looking at a different, at a different transition. And I think it might be writing my own material 
And storytelling, I mean, you know, whether it's in a one woman show format, whether it's just in a writing format, whether it's in um, like a traditional storytelling format, uh, I think that's going to be my next. Unless, of course, I convince you and John to do the idea I said earlier, which is get in a caravan, drive around the country and do podcasts with people that we feel are the coolest people in oh America. My God. Oh my God. I love that. So that's further down the line. So it could be a yes. And that could be a yes. And I got yes I got to get my and. kids done with high school and off to college. And then I can look at that option. I remember I called you. I was in the car. I was like, well, I was probably in my fifth hour of driving. I remember. And I called you and I was like, when do they graduate? <laughs> I know Spencer's graduating. When does, you know, when does Brendan graduate? When are they out of the house? When can you leave? I love yeah. the idea. Oh, I, I have big, big RV dreams. <laughs> no, but seriously. I do. <laughs> what do you think, listeners? Did you listen to Yvonne doing a podcast of the coolest people in America? With Lynn and John. With Lynn and John. <laughs> Basically, Yvonne would do the work. And John and I... <laughs> would walk around and and decide what are the coolest people in America. Uh, we would be a good team. We would be a good team. That would be so damn much fun. I love it. Yeah. We might have to have video though. Mm -hmm. A little bit. Mm -hmm. I could do that. I know everybody's doing a YouTube channel, but um, ours would be the best. Yeah. 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 I think that the, I really do think that the key to the fountain of youth is, is, letting yourself be a beginner and, and having that idea of, um, well, I don't know where this is going, but let's check it out. Let's see where it goes, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, your thing's called, was it late bloomer living? Sometimes I just like, I feel like I just have to follow the sun, you know, like if I'm going to bloom, I got to follow the sun and the sun's always in a different place and changes directions. And sometimes I just have to change directions in order to bloom, you Ooh, know, I like that. Well, Ooh, maybe we should get nuts. I just, I know. I just like made that up. We should get bumper stickers or something. <laughs> I love it. Follow the sun. <laughs> Follow the sun. So There's you a can song bloom. in there, isn't there? I think I it's can't... just here comes the sun. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. that little song. <laughs> just that. Just that one. Just that one. Oh my goodness, Lynn. This has been Yay. amazing. And I and you've got other projects that are coming up. And I love your <laughs> so anybody who wants to go find Lynn, you're gonna go to her website, which is Lynn is McNuts. <laughs> well you know it's so funny because my one of my grad students helped me set up that website and you know you're looking for a domain name oddly mcnutt was taken hmm. how odd yeah. we're like for sure with a last name like mcnutt this will be a and so she's the one that came up with Lynn is McNuts. Um, and I was like, well, that fits. So <laughs> totally fits. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my it? goodness. Lynn is McNuts.com. All right. 
I love you, honey. Thank you so much for doing this. Love you too. You're welcome. It's been my pleasure. Well, there you have it. As Lynn says, we are all likely to end up playing the role of caregiver at some point in our lives. What I love about her story is that she's turned what she learned during that time into a creative well and inspiration for a one-woman show. It just goes to show that we can always take our grief and hard times and turn them into something life-affirming and beautiful. And that is what I wish for you in the coming year, my friend. You know what else I wish for you? I hope and wish that you will take advantage of this time in your life that is just ripe with potential to start exploring your next chapter. Give yourself some time for self-reflection, daydreaming, and visualization of what might be possible for you as you age. And then do something about it. Get busy living. If you want to know more about Lynn, I'll have that information for you in the show notes. You can just go to latebloomerliving.com forward slash podcast and click on the show notes for episode 78. And hey, I'm just going to come right out and ask for a Christmas present. Can you take a quick minute right now before you forget to rate the podcast and please write a review if you're listening in the Apple Podcast app? It really makes a difference for getting the podcast in front of new listeners, and I want as many people as possible to hear these stories. I'm ready to start a revolution, guys. Let's do it. Let's do it together. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a fantastic week and a happy new year. Stay safe and well. Talk soon.